Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Welcome everybody to Morning Devotion, Wednesday, July 22nd. We welcome you as you're joining us. Like the page, follow the page, share the page. You make today very, very special. Thank you for being a part of this. Those that are you're tuning in live and joining us here today, and those of you that are watching it later in the day or at a distance. Hi, we're in the midst. We're in the midst of a pandemic. I know that. I know that. I will not lose hold on reality. But I also believe we're in the midst of the beginning of a great awakening. I believe that with all of my heart. A season when all of heaven comes down. When God touches this earth in a marvelous way. We believe that with all of our hearts. It was one of the qualities of the second great awakening was the so-called anxious bench. It's also called the mourner's bench. It's what we call growing up the altar. It was considered back then a newfangled method. It was used in camp meetings and revivals. and People would come to the anxious Bench only if they were ready to walk away, walk away from an old life and to abandon who they once were. They would sit there or kneel there and the weight of sin would be on their shoulders and the guilt of all they'd experience in life. There'd be a great demonstration of conviction and the historical accounts of the things that would happen, a divine encounter and that burden, guilt of sin, they would say would be lifted. But it's a concern to me, folks. Hey, morning devotion crowd, it's a concern to me. It's a grave concern to me. You know, back during eons past when we actually got together and preached and I could see the people out in front of me, seated before me, and I would speak of living an overcoming, super abundant life. But I would watch people with bowed shoulders and the weight of the world and the cares of life. And people look so guilty as they struggled with self-condemnation. It troubled me then. It troubles me even yet today because there's people living beneath their privilege because though some of us have lived for God for many years, we're still seated on that anxious bench. We've got no blessed assurance. We have no sense of freedom and deliverance. We struggle each and every day with old problems, same old issues. Hey, morning devotion crowd, let's get victory. Is that all right? Let's get some victory here today. Amen. One of my favorite verses is Galatians 5.1. You remember those Galatians, they had been set free by the blood of Jesus, experienced the gospel, the new birth, the death, the burial, resurrection, repentance, immersion in water in that name, rising with the power of the Spirit. Oh, praise God. But those Galatians had voluntarily stepped back under the law. They were back in bondage. And Paul asked, who hath bewitched you? And I think that's the same thing we face. Since when did we ever think that we were good enough without Jesus? Since when did we think it was Jesus plus something else, the reason that we're able to live this life? Our righteousness is in him and it is through him. Can I get a witness right now? But in Galatians 5.1, Paul said this, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Don't be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. You were set free for freedom's sake. Live in freedom. Walk in freedom. Worship 
in freedom. Even in a pandemic world, get off the anxious bench. Abandon that anxious bench and get your chin up and get your face looking to heaven. You've been set free from guilt and you've been set free from shame and you've been set free from hurt and rejection and loneliness and misery and frustration. It's for freedom's sake. You've been set free. You've been set free to live free. You see, we've got a lot of guilt-ridden people in the church. We're taught to judge not, but we engage in self-judgment each and every day. Now, if we sin, we confess that sin, and he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Can I get a witness to that? Amen. But all too often, it isn't sin. We just don't feel like we measure up. We don't live in grace. We live in a state of disgrace. We live with our heads hanging down within you and me. There are at least three selves living on the inside of us. Oh, yes, there are. There's that ideal self. That's who we want to be, who we wish we were, who we someday aspire to be, but we're not yet. Then there is that performing self. That's who we actually are. When we realize we fail to meet our own expectations, we fall short of who we know we want to be and could be. Oh, then here comes the performing self saying, you're no good. No, you're not. And that leads to the third self, the punitive self, that little judgy voice that rise up inside of us, punishing us, nagging on us, beating us up, saying you're just not good enough. You're not holy enough. You're not spiritual enough. Oh, my. Oh, my. We, we need to put a muzzle on that judgy voice. Yes, we do. It, it brings the voice of punishment and rejection and alienation, this separation from God. And this We sense an accumulation of guilt, and it puts us back on the anxious bench. You see, guilt and self-recrimination are bad habits. We live in a high-performance world, a, a culture that magnify success. You got to bat a thousand. You got to make straight A's. You got to walk right and spit white. I don't know where that came from. I do know where that came from. That came from way back. And we have, we have value. We think we're only valuable and we only have worth if we produce. And that spills over into everything we do. We call it conviction, but it's often condemnation. It's not godly sorrow that leads to repentance. It's ungodly sorrow that leads us back to the anxious bench. If we don't leave church feeling bad, we hadn't been to church. We carry around loads of guilt. We only feel our conscience is quiet. And when we sit on the anxious bench, we call it repenting, but it's more worrying and fussing in ourselves and giving ourselves a good talking to. I was standing in Times Square, New York City a few years ago, and a man was waving a Bible and was screaming at people as they went by. And he was shouting, you're going to hell. You're going to hell. You're facing judgment. Repent, repent. He quieted down a moment and and I walked over to him, introduced myself, asked him about himself. He told me how he used to walk those same streets. He was stoned out of his mind. He didn't know what day it was, didn't know who he was. And I asked him, I said, do you still have those struggles? He said, every day. 
He said, every day, I come out here every day, and that's why I scream at these people. It, it, it seems to make the temptation less severe. I would say the screaming at people quietens the voice in our mind, that judgy voice. I thanked him for what he did, but I walked away thinking that's the trap we get into. Because beneath the surface of a lot of guilt trips is somebody struggling with guilt. Yeah, yeah. You listen to me and you let me make it plain right now to you. If you have true guilt and remorse, it ought to be over unconfessed sin and failure. But don't you fall prey to false guilt over the wouldas and the couldas and the shouldas and what might have been and what could have been. You need to get lost in the power of his love. It was in John 8, I told you yesterday, there were four great I am statements of Jesus. In each, he claims to be Jehovah God. In each, he provokes the religious world to look afresh and anew at who he is and what he can do. It's in verse 28, Jesus said, when you have lifted up the son of man, speaking of Calvary, when you've lifted up the son of man, then you will know who I am. I Jesus spoke of the cross. He spoke of the power of the cross, that he was to die for the sins of the whole world. And he was telling them, when you're at your worst, God's going to give his best. When you come to me with your sin and your misery, I'm not going to cast you out. When I am crucified, you will know who I am. That ego, Amy, Jehovah, Yahweh, the God who makes things happen has brought salvation to each and every one of you. The one who was wounded for our transgressions, Isaiah said in the 53rd chapter. The one who was bruised for our iniquities. The one who said that all we like sheep have gone astray. Upon the shoulders of the Lamb of God was placed the iniquity of the whole world. No wonder John the Baptist said, behold, the Lamb of God. He is going to take away the sins of the world. When you lift up the son of man, you will know that I am the Lord God Almighty. When we get too far from Calvary, when we get too far from the one who frees us from sin, when we stray from the freedom found in the Lord Jesus Christ, that's when guilt starts showing up. Guilt is the absence of love. It's my refusal, it's your refusal to receive the love of God and to love God in return. It's the failure to love ourselves as we're loved by him and to love others as he loves you and as he loves me. Before Calvary, this is too, this is too much for me to understand, but before Calvary, there was a cross in the heart of God. Long before David captured a Jebusite fortress, a city of David, Jerusalem, there was a cross. In the heart of God, long before a New Testament, long before the law, long before the Psalms, long before the prophets, there was a cross in the heart of God. Long before Adam and Eve were first created, there was a cross in the heart of God. From the foundation of the world, he is the lamb that was slain. In the mind and in the plan of God, there was a cross in the heart of God. But we didn't see it. We couldn't realize it. We couldn't fathom the love that God has for us. Jesus said, no, you can't. Until the Son of Man is lifted up and the cross is elevated, and then you will know who I am. That's how much he loves you.
Jesus said, when the cross is lifted, I'm going to draw all men to me. He said that in John 12, that the cross has a magnetism, that when they lifted him up to crucify him, there was a magnetic sway. It drew us from the power of sin and death. It lifted us. I said it lifted us. Do you remember that old song we used to sing? Love lifted me. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. It was love that lifted me. Our greatest need is to be lifted, lifted from the sinking sands of guilt and shame and rejected, to be drawn away from that anxious bench where we're judging ourselves and to realize he loves us. He really does love us. Wasn't the great message of the many, many songs we sang in our hymnals of Calvary and the blood, that the cross became the moment when we could abandon the anxious bench, when we could leave behind the mourner's bench. We didn't need to walk around listening to the voice of the judgy self inside of us uh, saying, you're not good enough. No, 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 no. We hear the still small voice of God saying, I took care of that at Calvary. One of my favorite authors from I don't know, a century or two ago is James Stewart, a Scottish theologian. He said that you and I have two basic needs in life. We need intervention and we need interpretation. And the cross gives intervention and interpretation. He intervened in the darkness and he interpreted the heart of God for you and me as the answer for man's guilt. I used to love driving the late Nathaniel Urshan around when he would come to Texas to preach. And he liked talking about the old timers and one of them being G.T. Haywood. He would tell how Haywood was driven into a season of prayer and fasting and spent a week in his office isolated from everyone else. His wife would bring meals uh, to the door and they would go untouched for days on end. It was a difficult season of his life. But he emerged from that valley and that trial with a song given in the night, a song that would lift the heavy weight off of our hearts down through the years. And on that Sunday morning, he would walk to the pulpit and he would sing today. No, today, today, no condemnation abides to turn away my soul from his salvation. He's in my heart to stay. Then that oh, we love this verse. When gloom and sadness whisper, you've sinned, no use to pray. I look away to Jesus and he tells me to say, I want you to look away from that old anxious bitch. I want you to look away from that old judgy voice and that voice of condemnation and shout with G.T. Haywood and saints from the last century, I see a crimson stream of blood. It flows from Calvary. It's waves which reach the throne of God are sweeping over me, over me, that he loves me. Uh, He said when he is lifted up on that cross, I'm going to know who he is uh, and I'm going to know that I hear the verdict of no longer guilty. I'm no longer guilty because he took my iniquity on his shoulders. Jesus said, as soon as that cross is lifted up, you're going to know who I am. I am Jehovah who has become your salvation. So the fear of punishment is gone and the fear of rejection is gone. 
and the doubt of self-worth is healed. The cross shows our actual value before God. He died for us. There was no limit that he wouldn't go to to win you and me back. I want a great awakening, but I want you to leave that anxious I want you to cling to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ because he wants to set you free from that worry and that self-doubt and that guilt and that feeling of rejection and shame and despair. And he wants you to step into the light and say, I am set free by the God who can bring peace and righteousness into my, my, my heart. I feel a serenity of his spirit in this place right now. Be free in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Walk in the freedom that he has purchased for you and me. Abandon that guilt. I want you today, I want you today to try something. I want you when that nagging voice comes against you and that evil voice whispers to you and says, you're no good. I want you to leap to your feet and shout it if it's appropriate where you're at. Say, I am a child of God. I've been to Calvary and I know who he is and I know how much I am worth to him. Beloved, now are we the sons of God and it does not yet appear what we shall be. Abandon the anxious bench. Leave some victory reports. Leave some prayer requests out to the side. Unite one with another. Lift up our prayer requests. And let's go see what God has for us this Wednesday. I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Amen. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.